Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of Epic Fantasy Romance. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. The sheer sensual pleasure. Today is... Say it with me, everyone. Friday! <laughs> uh, September 16th. Um, yeah, so it's a good Friday. Not the good Friday. <laughs> you know, my stepdad, the former Catholic priest, used to say that. He would say, uh, it's a good Friday, but not good Friday. It's Catholic jokes. So, uh, yeah, end of the week. It's been a pretty busy week for me. Um, turned around and started the revision on Shadow Wizard yesterday. Uh, Corrine has said nothing about it so far. Could be she's busy. Could be she hates it. We don't know. Uh, she might be busy. I think she's doing, like, stuff for her day job. I think it's funny because I am also her day job, but I'm like not the day job. Uh, yeah, so I made it through like 50 pages yesterday and not as many as I wanted, but it's fine. I think it's fine. I haven't decided if I'm going to work on it this weekend. I might. Depends on if I'm feeling, feeling the, the need, the burn, which way is it? Um, I guess that's something that you develop over time as a writer. It's like, when do you need to hold your feet to the fire? And when do you need to give yourself to some time to relax? I've still got a week, more than a week before I have to turn it in for formatting. So, but so far it's pretty clean. It's not bad. And something I thought I was going to weave in, I realized I don't have to weave in. So, um, yeah, so far, so far, I think it's pretty good. Um, so this weekend, I really need to deal with this chair. <laughs> then you all won't have to listen to me bitch about it anymore. Yeah, so, oh, I don't even have the spreadsheet up yet. I, I won't give you any stats. Um, yeah, I added just a few words yesterday, not many. Um, but yeah, I was a little tired. I was a little brain tired. Uh, ended up having a nap, something I don't often do. And then I did like a three hour meeting with the CIFWA board in the afternoon where we got a bunch of stuff handled. So that was good. Um, yeah. And do I have anything to say to you all now? I don't know. Some of the things on my mind I can't talk about, um, which I know is always hard. I, you know, I wish I could just tell you all absolutely everything. I, you know, I absolutely would because I'm, uh, I'm not much of one for keeping secrets, even though I do it. Um, so. A couple of you were asking about the secret movie project, which is probably going to be its nickname, even though it's a bad nickname. Uh, not all nicknames are perfect. Um, and no, you won't see it anytime soon because Agent Sarah wants this one. I am going to write the whole book. Um, 
sorry mosquito because first of all and this is probably useful information for those of you who actually listen to this podcast for industry advice as opposed to me babbling about grapes in my patio chairs uh <clears throat> yeah agent sarah sarah younger at nancy yost literary agency for those who don't know uh says that she's having a much better time selling complete manuscripts these days as opposed to on spec uh which is in one sense sucks for the author <laughs> because for me one of the perks of having an agent of being at this point in my career is that I like being able to write 50 pages of something and give a vague pitch or at least I used to be able to do that and and sell it on those merits but publishing has changed enough trad publishing has changed enough that it's um that they want to see the whole thing they want to know how it's going to turn out I I don't even know why I'm, I'm not sure I understand the reasoning uh, one of my friends suggested and I thought this was a very interesting theory is that it's because the young editors the up-and-coming editors the ones who are buying stuff these days are so much less experienced that they don't have the story sense the faculty to see where the story is going to go so whereas a very very experienced editor you could have shown them 10 pages 50 pages and they would know the younger editors don't and so they they have to see the whole thing um because it certainly isn't to speed up the process they're not going any faster the advantage for me however is that if I write this draft when I write this draft and give it to Sarah um she can make tweaks on the whole thing if she has input and then we can settle on a very circumscribed submission time you know that you know only a you know two to three months something like that and then I take it back and self-publish it so that way my time isn't wasted uh some of you may recall that there was the thing that I was working on that was um off genre for me uh that Sarah was super excited about and took out on sub and it just and and that's on spec that's a partial has not moved has not moved and Sarah thinks it might still she says she has a lot of projects that aren't moving uh and you know and she does make kind of hints about well it might do better if I wrote the whole thing reader I am not writing that whole thing because here's my reasoning if I wrote the whole thing it would take a lot of time that for maybe no money which Sarah fortunately understands not all, all agents do and and if I did take it back to self-publish it I would I would have to do it under pseudonym I would have to create a whole new marketing thing um and I don't want to do that it's not important enough to me so that's my new resolve and I may have discussed this before but I've decided I'm no longer writing anything that I wouldn't immediately take out on my own I wouldn't take out to self-publish so 
so yeah, the, the secret movie project, I would totally take that out and self publish it. And if Chad doesn't want it or won't give me enough money for it, that's what I will do. But it might be a while before you see it, which is why I do kind of feel bad tantalizing you with it. But, um, I do have my plan. I mentioned yesterday, some, uh, soon as shadow wizard is done, I'm turning around to write secret movie project. And in case you didn't listen before, uh, the reason I'm calling it that is because it comes off of a, a movie. Um, not because it's going to be a movie. Um, it's, it's from a classic movie. I'll give you that much hint and no, you're never going to guess it. So it's not Casablanca. <laughs> There's this like cadre of people who, who I really like, but, um, you know, like, uh, Walter John Williams and Connie Willis, uh, apparently at Taos toolbox, which Walter John Williams runs, uh, they have an enforced watching of Casablanca because they believe it's like the greatest movie of all time. And I've, seen Casablanca and it's like, okay. But you know, I'm also, I like happy endings. <sighs> yeah. I, we won't go into that rant again. So, um, I did have a point, didn't I? Oh, what am I doing? Uh, I'm anticipating that that will be a fairly fast draft. Um, crossing fingers, knock on wood. Uh, I will get that worked out. Um, and I'm not going to do, it doesn't have to be perfect because there might be a lot of editorial input. So I'm just going to get it in a decent place, get a complete draft and pass it off. Then I will write the midwinter holiday novella, which hopefully will also go fast. So that I'm hoping that by the week after Thanksgiving, when I get to go on this writing retreat, which no is not the one that I went on before also secret. Uh, this is totally different, different group of people, totally different location. Um, but that week I am hoping to start rogue familiar, which is going to be the sequel to shadow wizard. And I've already been making notes on it. I feel like I could turn around and start writing it today. Really is where I'm at with it. But, um, other obligations, right? And it's funny, you know, I, I do get to this point with writing books, right? Because I, you know, for so long while I was writing shadow wizard, I kept wanting to stop and write secret movie project. Cause I had such a buzz about it. Now that I finished shadow wizard, my mind is completely wrapped up in that. And so now I have to kind of get the buzz back on the other one, but I do feel like that's how it works. I remember asking, uh, writers that when I was a newbie, you know, like what do you do when you get a buzz for something else? Do you keep going on the new project or do you write the buzzy one? And, and people always would tell me, they said, you know, if the buzz is real, if it's solid, it'll wait, it'll save. And I do think that's true. Now, Dorinda and I have argued about this point in that I think that you don't necessarily need to make a lot of notes on stuff because it's in, it's there and you'll, it'll come back to you. And Dorinda um, gets very testy with me and says that, no, that that's my brain that, and not her brain, that her brain will completely lose things. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, everybody is different, right? Yeah. So, so that's going to carry me 
easily through the new year. Um, yeah, but I think I've mentioned I'm home for the, the next month or so, uh, at least until World Fan Fantasy Con, beginning of November. So, so yeah, uh, need to start doing a few travel plans things. And, uh, yeah. So did I have, I feel like I started on a track of something that was interesting, industry stuff, selling full manuscripts. One of the outcomes of Worldcon and I just, and Bubonicon too, having a lot of different conversations with people is that, um, pretty universally TradPub is not moving. Uh, there's very little going on except for a few, uh, BIPOC grabs. There's just, um, not a whole lot. I did see a very funny tweet from Joanne Harris, a wonderful author who said that she had done this interview a while back with, and I think she referenced it, but I didn't click cause I was being careful not to go down the rabbit hole where she was talking about the demise of the mid list uh, author, uh, which, which is me, which is most of us. And that the interviewer understood her to say the middlest, middlest author, like the middlest child and thought that she had made up the word and focused, she said rather uncomfortably on the fact that she had made up this word of a middlest author as opposed to mid list author. Uh, so much condescension in the world. Um, you know, I had something that I was going to go down this path and I was thinking, Oh, get me all the way through this podcast. And now I don't remember it. Um, yeah, the writing, the full manuscript, deciding whether to self publish stuff. You know, one of the things about self publishing is that, while I don't think you have to adhere to the, the mythical 30 day or 60 day release schedule, it does require regular releases. And so it's one of the difficulties of being hybrid is if you take time away to write stuff that then goes and sits with trad publishing on endless submission, uh, that that can really take away from that. So, um, but I do think that it's worthwhile doing and, Oh, I know what I was going to talk about. Yeah. So, so one of the things that came out of the, um, department of justice trial with, um, Penguin Random House acquiring Simon and Schuster. I think I have that in the right order. Not being a financial type, I don't always keep super close track of those things. But I know I talked about this a little bit before that the publisher's uh, main defense, rather puzzling to many people, was to convince the, convince the Department of Justice that this wasn't going to be a terrible uh, financial coup. It would not be a monopsony. Learned a word there because they basically don't know what they're doing and that it's all a crapshoot, which is an interesting defense. But one of the details that came out was that half, like around half, I think some people said over half, I didn't see the original remark data point, but let's just say half of traditionally published books never sell more than a dozen copies. 
And so this was passed around where all these self-publishers were like, oh, I feel so much better about my hundred copies and all this. And so several people had to explain that they're talking about print, um, which is befuddling to people. And I understand why it's befuddling, but when traditional publishing talks about sales, they always, always, always mean print because they don't count ebook sales. And I know it's counterintuitive. I know it makes no sense, but I promise you it's true. Uh, they reference BookScan, they, which is BookScan tracks what books are sold in the bookstores, brick and mortar stores, paper books. BookScan does not count ebooks. And so I can tell you that, you know, like Grace Draven and I have compared our numbers and both of us, she sells way better than I do. She has bigger platform, but for both of us, ebook sales, even for our trad published books are 95% of our sales. And they, it shows on our royalty statements. We get, you know, here are the book sales, here's the, tra the print sales, and we get paid for the book sales. We actually get paid a bigger percentage for each ebook sale than we do for the trad book sales, uh, which means that the publisher makes less money for those each print sale. So that's part of it. Uh, but for both of us, 95% of our sales ebook, not print. And which means that the publisher views us as not selling well. And, you know, print sales are fraught. There are fewer bookstores. There's the whole return thing. Um, you know, that they send books out to the bookstores. If the bookstores don't sell them, they can return them. So in some quarters or the, like St. Martin's pays me every six months, sometimes my print sales are negative because of the returns, right? Ebook sales, my friend, are never in the negative, but trad publishing still doesn't count them. And Agent Sarah went to a great deal of trouble once to explain it to me. And, and I'm going to simplify, but it's because, first of all, the publisher gets a bigger cut. They don't have to pay the author as much. Um, and in that bigger cut, they have a much, much wider profit margin on print books. So, for instance, on a $24.99 hardback, the publisher is going to make $10 or $12 pure profit. That's on top of paying the, you know, the bookseller's cut, the paying overhead and so forth. And they get a much, much smaller amount, like one or $2 on each ebook. So you'd think that they would care about the volume of ebook sales, but they actually don't. Uh, because what they want are those, those big print booksellers. And that's why the mid-list author, mid-list author is disappearing because they want the blockbusters. And I suppose one question I always have, this is me having written the Mark of the Tala was originally called the middle princess because it was like all the stories are about the eldest daughter and the youngest daughter. What about the middleest daughter? Uh, you know, there's the blockbusters, there's the middleest authors. Well, then what's the third category, right? And, uh, I suppose those are just the people who never sell more than a dozen copies and they are the unnameable <laughs> that ended on a dour note, but 
it's the way of things. And, you know, thank goodness that we have access to self-publishing because we love ebook sales and self-publishing, don't we? Um, and thank you all out there, you readers, for buying and supporting. Uh, oh, final note on Dark Wizard. I'll give a full rundown on Monday of the being free in the book, but book bub featured deal, but another over a thousand copies downloaded yesterday. So I think I'm up around 13 or 14,000 copies and looking at sales of books two and three, the sales of those two books this week, uh, have already paid for the book bub featured deal. So I figure I'm coming out ahead now and lots more pre-orders for shadow wizard. Thank you all. Speaking of which, I'm going to get in there and work on it. I hope you all have a great Friday. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy the, the beautiful autumn weather. Sa savor the good things, right? You all take care. Bye-bye.